Good afternoon and welcome to the Pokeball Podcast. I'm Tyler, also known as Bellybolt BGC. My usual co-host Titan is on vacation, so this week's co-host will be Adrian, also known as Carrot, a longtime friend of mine who recently started his journey to become a play Pokemon professor. Hey everyone, like Tyler said, I just started my journey as a I just started my journey to become a BGC judge and then tur- and tur- tournament organizer. Um, today's guest is our good friend Sam, also known as Snowmuse. Um, Sam, uh, do you want to give us a brief history on your VGC experiences? Yeah, sure thing, man. So I've been playing VGC since 2016, good old uh, dual primal format. I'm sure everyone absolutely loves that format at home. Shout out to everyone who actually does love that format. It's, it's so good. But <laughs> So that's where I really started like to get into VGC as a whole because like my brother was a uh, was like a smoke on singles player so he got me into playing the game that way and i saw wolf league's world run at 2016 i'm like i want to play this format this is the pokemon i want to play right i didn't like singles that much so i i ended up uh, building like xerneas groudon and going on the pokemon showdown ladder going to locals ended up getting absolutely destroyed <laughs> <laughs> But I kept playing, and then uh, Sun and Moon dropped, and that's when I like I really started to learn how to play VGC, and I even ended up getting a uh, top four at Utah's regionals in um, 2017. Even though it was seniors division, I still think that's like a pretty big accomplishment, and it still sticks with me to this day. And yeah, yeah, that team was crazy. Like Choice Scarf, Topic Coconut, out to beat Drifblum. <laughs> that's wild. That's wild. Oh yeah. But yeah, I, I kept playing into 2018 where I, uh, I played a Volbeat team that did really good at locals. But I didn't really go to any regionals that year. And then I took a break for 2019, came back in 2020, was on track for Worlds. And then, um, you know, something pretty major and globally happened. And Pokemon events were postponed until recently. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. So did you play in any of the, like, uh, I know there was, like, Player Cup challenges and stuff that went on. Uh, Wolf hosted some tournaments. Did you play in any online tournaments during Sword and Shield? I think I played in one. There was, there was one, like, near the beginning where um, A-Drive hosted a, a tournament. Heck yeah. Doing too well in that one, just because Dynamax format is really weird to play. Yeah, and I just... I do not miss Dynamax at all. <laughs> same, same, dude. It's such a completely different game than the one we play now. It really is. So speaking of tournaments, Sam, uh, you recently competed in Portland. Uh, that's like a... I wanted to do a huge recap on Portland. Um, were there any notable teams that you remember playing or opponents, you know, of the day that maybe day two'd or someone that was just like incredibly strong that you, you know, want to talk about here on the show today? Um, actually, yeah. So, round four, I played against uh, Ryan Haig, and his team caught me completely off guard. Mainly because he has a, a Garchomp on his team with Clear Amulet. Um, and it had a, its ability as Sand Veil, because it was next to Tyranitar. <laughs> so that just made it just, just a little annoying. But what really got me about his team was his Tyranitar's moveset. So it's a Terra Grass Assault Vest, Rock Slide, Low Kick, Heavy Slam, Assurance. Combined with Choice Specs, Fluttermane with Dazzling Gleam, and Iron Bundle, you know, the funny little Ice Wind. Um, T-Tar basically becomes a 50-50 of who it's going to chunk with Assurance. Oh, wow. And Assurance, 
does a lot of damage. Like, I actually was not expecting my, uh, my Corviknight to take, like, 90% from that. <laughs> yeah, Assurance can be surprising. Uh, I've taken a couple Okos from Assurance on ladder, you know, that I wasn't expecting and did damage to... I've seen it on King Gambit a couple times, you know, turn around and just Oko my Pokemon after doing damage to him. I'm like, oh, what is this? Yeah, no, I know. I really, really like uh, Assurance King Gambit. I think it's so strong. In my opinion, it's a little bit better than Kowtow, but it really depends on team building. Like, I think it works perfectly on this team with the the Fluttermane, Iron Bundle, 50-50 Mind Game of who it's going to kill that turn. And you could also just Terra Grass, Garchomp, Earthquake. Like, Ooh. it's really scary. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I didn't even think about that. With Garchomp's speed tier, too, that's really strong. Yeah, for sure, for sure. There's also uh, Nate Ortiz's team. Because, of course, it's Nate. <laughs> um, yeah, he was playing uh, Trick Room with uh, Hatterene. He had um, Uproar for a grab. So what round... You played awesome. Nate... What round did you play Nate? I didn't play... I didn't play against Nate. This is just a... Uh, it's just he always builds super cool teams. Oh, okay, know? okay, okay. Sorry. I thought I thought you were saying that you played against him. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I did Man, not know dude, that. <laughs> I, I wish I played against him. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a There's, feat. <laughs> There's so many top players I wish I played against. But so how did... I, I did end up... I'm sorry. I, no, you're fine. How did Portland go for you, you know? Like, how did you end up going for the day? Um, I think... Like, I did end up really underperforming. Okay. At Portland. I went 5-4, and four, which is, like... I mean, it's positive, I guess. But there was a lot of games where, like... I felt like if I played one turn just a little bit better... Like, maybe I should have just made a more safe play that turn. I made, like, unnecessary reads, and I just lost the whole set because of it. Um, yeah, that's, it's, like, 5-3. The team is really good. I just feel like I didn't do it justice in Portland. But I did get uh, number uh, 119, which means I got points, so that's something. <laughs> I am I am doing good in that regard, at least. Yeah, 119 is not bad. So how many points do you get for 119? This is, like, 20, 20 or 30 points. It's uh, actually 40 points. 40? Oh, wow, that's great. Yeah. So you could, I mean, technically, you know, you could have a good little run for the year if you end up winning a couple locals and get some CP, and there's a, there's a few regionals left in the year. Are you competing anymore at any regionals later in the year? Um, I think the only tournament I'm going to go to after uh, like after Portland here was uh, at just NAIC, just because I, I don't have a lot of money to travel that much. Yeah, you've been at a lot of events this year already, too. I've only actually been to Portland and Charlotte. <laughs> Still, too, though. I mean, the you know the financial cost of two regionals that's a that's a lot to put out, and then still to make it to NAIC. Yeah, sure, and you're traveling sure. from the West Coast as well. Oh no, I'm actually traveling from um, like Midwest United States. Okay, so that's not too bad. Yeah, none of the prices have been that bad. I just don't make a lot of money. Plus, I have to pay for college. So, Sam, you've been helping a lot of our friends inside of our group with team building, especially me. You recently just helped me build uh, half a team. Um, what are your <laughs> fundamentals on team building? So, like, my uh, my basic team building fundamentals all comes down to synergy. Like, how do these mods work together, whether that's offensive coverage, defensive coverage, or even, like, a small gimmick in the team think like Snow next to iron bundle with blizzard right so uh the team i actually brought to portland let me see if i can't bring it up yeah so like the synergy with this team mainly comes down to 
just how strong Gothitelle is combined with uh, Iron Hands and Palafin. And Gothitelle is also super scary next to Volcarona. So the whole point of this team is you have a lot of Pokemon that can, like, uh, stop Pokemon from attacking, whether that's through, like, Fake Out, or it's mainly just through Fake Out. We also have uh, Bulk Up on uh, Corviknight, Lumberry to eat up whatever we need to, Mirror Armor to get rid of Intimidates from Gyaradoses or Arcanines. So the whole point of this team is just to trap with Gothitelle, Fake Out one of their slots, get Palafin set up within, like, two turns. See, that's and, such a that's such a scary lead right there. You know, I just want to chime in on that just for a second, just because that, you know, that Gothitelle, I've played against it many times with my friends and then just on ladder and stuff, but that hearing, like, Volcarona next to Gothitelle, Volcarona's a Pokemon that I struggle to deal with sometimes, and if you, if you don't have the perfect lead and you end up facing down a Volcarona and you get trapped in with a Gothitelle on the other side, that is a problem. You know, there is, yeah. if you don't have a good matchup and you're facing that Volk, it's, you know, you you may be in a very bad situation. So it's it's wild hearing that team comp, you know, in Reg C this late, it's just really interesting. But thinking about it, you know, just facing that matchup is scary alone. Yeah, like, um, so a lot of things you'll notice on some of, like, the more popular teams, think, like, Palance, is a lot of them have a, like, a type coverage core. So the big one that Palance uses is Fire, Water, Grass. So you have your Arcanine as your Fire type, Amoongus as your Grass type, Palafin as your Water type. It has really good offensive coverage and really good defensive coverage as all of these types cover each other. Another really, uh, a really big one is Fairy Steel Dragon, which you'll probably see with like Fluttermane, Gambit, Dragonite. And a less, uh, a less common one, but one that recently won Portland Regionals with uh, Joseph Ugarte's team is fire flying ground which you can see in the torkoal jump off great tusk so that's like mainly for defensive coverage but all of these like those three pokemon have one big like tying thread together which is their interactions with the sun mechanic yeah. so these teams are also interesting that's something sam how do you keep up with how these teams mechanics are changing so fast i feel like the game with terra's has it's continued to push the the game deeper and deeper with strategies and now I feel like we're seeing these strategies go even deeper because now it's reflecting like move sets and setups, and then all revolving around Terra's now too. How you know how's that? How does that play in? You know, with like building these team comps, how do you keep up with that? So yeah, Terra type makes like a lot of these team comps a lot more scary defensively, right? Because say I could like just hit Arcan with like a Hydro Pump from Iron Bundle. But now it's Terra Grasp. <laughs> yeah. Right. So Terra type definitely does shake up each Pokemon's defensive cores a lot. And it could also make Pokemon even scarier offensively while getting rid of like their bad type like Fluttermane. Like Fluttermane really just wants to click Moon Blast over and over and just chunk things. Yeah. So We were just discussing earlier me thinking about switching into Fluttermane for that reason. Those big chunks. <laughs> Those big moon blast chunks. Oh yeah, Fluttermane hits super hard. But I I do honestly really like the Terra mechanic and what it does to team building because now I feel like I could make my team just a little crazier while also still maintaining that defensive coverage that is super important to making a team solid. I've noticed that's something you're really good at in your team building too. Um, the times that you've helped me correct the issues with my team 
it always comes back with like a few different mons but i've noticed the biggest thing that changes is like the the defensive terras and like how your mind really works with those terras compared to like i feel like i have these pathways that i go down and like what i think works for certain mons but it's very predictable in a sense as to where like that's one aspect that i love about your team building and i think that once I start playing your teams, I, I have a lot of success with them because I'm not as easily predictable once I start playing these teams. You know, the terror types that you throw in, they have very good defensive synergies. And then, you know, they're paired well with, like, the matchups that you will be facing against coming into. You have really good matchups, but you also have these surprise, you know. It's not the normal terrors that you would run into. Um, that's something that's always impressed me with your team building as times went on, you know. Uh, I, there's only been like two or three times I think yeah, I've asked help for teams. But each time, you know, it comes back with these really wild tears. And most recently there was one um, I want to note was the, the Steel Terra on a Gyarados. I couldn't figure out like what the matchups were for and in like what situations. And then I started realizing like how many times Fluttermane comes out and I can just Steel Terra and the, the reduced damage from taking the Dazzling Gleam and then sitting around and I can hit Waterfall twice into the Flutter and I don't have to worry. It's really nice because then that Gyarados just sits there. And then paired with some of my other Mons on the team too, the synergies that it had and certain matchups, it was just really strong where at first I, you know, I questioned it like, how is this going to be useful? And then just starting, you know, in play and in experience, it really started showing itself with the play alone where it was useful. Yeah, and the, the, especially that Terra Steel on Gyarados is also really good into the Iron Bundle matchup because they can't just click freeze drying to you that free, unless they unless you really need that Terra type or something else. Because yeah. I know I think Choice Specs Iron Bundle is super strong into Gyarados right now because most Gyaradoses are being uh, like kind of like specs to live uh, freeze dry, mm -hmm. but Choice Specs kind of just throws that out the window. <laughs> yeah, so it really helps in those matchups in particular because you can just Terra Steel out of it. So, this kind of rolls along with what we're talking about in team building because we've kind of, like, you know, delved deep here. Um, how do you identify strong counterpicks to the current metamons? Oh, yeah, so, yeah, my, my infamous counterpicks, like the, the Choice Scarf Tapu Koko I talked about earlier. So, <laughs> so really, how I, uh, how I identify those counterpicks is I look at what's popular... And then I figure out, like, okay, what does this team not like seeing? <laughs> so, for example, with Palafin right now, Palafin teams, super, uh, super uh, pivot reliant. They really need to get, like, the positioning to really beat their opponent. And uh, that team's worth the same as Gothitelle because they just can't do all any of that pivoting at all. That's very true. They're, they're, they're forced into these, like, situations. If they leave wrong with Gothitelle on the field... And it's just going to be a really bad game for them to play through. Yeah, and that's and something with Gothitelle that's, you know, I've seen players who can, if you can read a player well and tell who their lead is based off of their team and their sheet, you can really trap someone and win a game from that alone. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And tying it back to that Coco, I need to explain why I did that in the first place. So... Portland Regional 2017, the biggest team to really come out of that was the uh, the Tapu Lele Driftborn team. You have, like, the Psychic Seed, it gets the uh, the Unburdened Boost, and then you have, like, 290 speed, Tailwinds, Will-O-Wisps, whatever you needed to do. So, me, uh, an intellectual 
Oh, man. How old was I during that? That was, like, six years ago. Uh, so me, an intellectual 14-year-old, was, oh, like... Oh, wow. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Uh, choice Scarf Top Coco. If I uh, EV it correctly, I can outspeed Driftwind by one point and one-shot it with a wild charge without electric terrain. Oh, my God. <laughs> you just cooked that up one night. You were just sitting there, and it came to you like a light bulb went off. <laughs> and, it's not like, and it's not like it's even like that bad into like other stuff the only real problem with that coco set is like it's physical move pool isn't that good which is why people lean more towards the special side yeah but it's physical physical attacks that's still really strong and i wish i could cook something up like that on a whim <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny but, so i mean I, I i do like making some uh some really crazy teams it's just whether or not they're viable is the question like i think gothitelle is very viable right now but I, I don't know about like some of the other stuff i want to play like and if if only if only my boy cyclos art was playable yeah i i saw someone try to make it work at the very beginning of reg c and i it just kind of plateaued there you know it has its matchups it's not good into and it just it's very hard to make work um, yeah, especially when one of those matchups is uh, the number one Pokemon in format, Fluttermane. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you, do you think that, like, experience just, like, playing Pokemon so casually and, like, habitually that it, it's come to you over time, just, like, how these, these counter picks and these ideas kind of come to you naturally? Is that something, you know, like, playing Nuzlocke's and, like, just replaying story the stories through casually and like having that like in a playing showdown and free frawls and stuff like that do you think that that is something that's like really pushed your knowledge of like building teams and like what works for these mons do you think that that's something that's like deep into that creativity because it's just something that you know it's it's so wild seeing someone at a level of like team building and like I, in free-for-alls, you know, like, it's a challenge when I battle you in free-for-alls because your mind is just so, like, you immediately see a team and you can be given a, a Clefairy and for six turns, eight, eleven turns, you still have six mons. Everyone else is down to three and four mons and you have six with just a Clefairy out. To be fair, to be fair, that, that whole Clefairy incident was just more of me, uh... Just reveling in the chaos of of free for alls. But... Yeah, yeah, the mind games too. You know, you're really good. I, you're like my team's so bad. I literally got a Clefairy. Like, and no, no one's focusing on him. Like, guys, he's got six mons here. We're all we got three and four. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Clefairy he, was yeah. the best mod on my team, dude. That crustle wasn't doing anything. <laughs> nah, he, he said he didn't have a good team. Then he whipped out a Reggie elect. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and G maxed it on us. And then it died. So I was correct. <laughs> yep. First turn. Oh, that's funny. Snowmuse, have you built or thought about building any fun teams with the Hisuian Mons? And if not, who do you think will be uh, viable inside uh, Scarlet and Violet when home gets dropped? So I actually did look at one Hisuian Mon in particular. Just because, like, I saw I saw its signature move, and I'm like, that's that's a little crazy. And you look at its move set and ability, I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Um, this thing's a, this thing's a little bit of a problem. So Hisui and Lilligant is kind of nutty, right? Its stats are okay, like base 105 attack, base 105 speed. It access to chlorophyll, 
And then you get access to Victory Dance, its signature move, which is a Quiver Dance, but for the physical side. So this thing gets a free plus one and attack, defense, and speed. Then you also get access to Sleep Powder if you need it. You get access to Leaf Blade in close combat. Oh, wow. So this thing is a little bit of an offensive nightmare in Sun. Yeah. Oh, here, I'm, I'm looking at it here, too. Um, Hisui and Lilligan also gets access to Ice Spinner. Yeah, she's got a she's got a crazy move pool, like Encore and Sun. That sounds a little nuts, especially with Chlorophyll base 105 speed. Oh, oh yeah. man. Yeah, the speed is unreal there. Uh, looks like she also gets Petal Blizzard. Um, Petal Blizzard's like... I think that's the one that's like a worse version of Outrage, right? Uh, no, it's uh, no additional effects, hits adjacent Pokemon, physical grass type, 90 power, 100% accuracy. Oh, I'm thinking of Petal Dance. Um, Petal Blizzard's actually pretty cool. Um, my only thing is that it's probably... I think Leaf Blade is better just because of the higher crit ratio, plus I think it's single target. Yeah, yeah, the so higher think... crit ratio too is huge. Crits these days with the yeah. amount of like defensive boost that everyone tries to get off or, you know, but just ignoring stat buffs, with, especially with mods like Dozo around, a crit can just end Dozo, especially with Leaf Blade. I mean, if, if you're mm -hmm. unterra Dozo, you're nightmare. Yeah, so I think History and Logan is pretty strong, worth looking at for like Torkoal Sun teams. Um, another interesting one that I've been like looking at a bit is uh, Hisuian Zoro. Um, oh. Illusion is kind of a funny ability, but overall probably won't make that much of a difference. Right. And I guess, yeah, hold on. One last Pokemon I do want to talk about here is actually Hisuian Arcanine. Okay. So Hisuian Arcanine, um, worst typing than Arcanine by a lot, but we, we can always fix that with Terra. We can always fix that. That's very true. I See, this is one I'm interested to hear your take on, because this is something I think it's kind of... I've heard it go both ways. I'm very interested to hear your take. So, History and Arcanine, I feel, is going to be a lot better on teams that want a more offensive Arcanine. I think, like, those, like, weird Assault Vest ones with, like, extreme speed, like, close combat. But now you can use your last two slots on uh, Flare Blitz, and I believe this thing gets Head Smash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the head smash is what was insane. Like I've I looked at that before and done damage calcs on it. And I'm just like, this is nuts. Oh yeah, it hits really, really hard. Yeah, that the like you said though, the thing is that you just really rely on tear because of the like quad weaknesses and being able to like you take any hit from that and you're done. You know, so you have to be able to tear like kind of rely on that Terra. But the <clears throat> the damage output on that is just nuts. I mean, yeah, you know? I think. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, um, with Hisuian Arcanine, his uh, ability Rockhead makes it to where he doesn't take any recoil damage at all. So a free a free head smash is it's pretty nutty. Um, I think, especially in VGC, you'll definitely see a lot more of like the Intimidate builds. It'll just be more of like an offensive Arcanine than like a regular defensive one. I, I think both of them will have their place in the meta for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking, too, is that you, you might see more of the Intimidate just because of the value of Intimidate. And then, you know, based off of your EV spreads, you could EV him to where that, you know, that Intimidate, and he's sticking around on the field way longer and taking hits. And then having that damage output that Arcan Arcanine normally doesn't have, you know, like it, Arcanine does good damage, but like having that, 
little extra damage and being a more physical mon may find more utility in certain situations. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think so too. Heck yeah. So this kind of rolls into the next question that I wanted to ask. Um, you know, with the Hisuian mons in future formats, um, Titan and Adrian and I have been asking our guests for the past few, several weeks here, um, you know, what do you think the format for Worlds will be? Uh, there's been a lot of cool and interesting takes. Um, what do you think? So, I can go. I can go about this two different ways. It's what I want to see it be, and what it probably will be. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For what it probably will be, I can definitely see it just being like regulation C, but like again, and I can also see them adding Corridon Maridon to the format, even though I think that'd be kind of boring. But the more interesting thing I'd like to see them do is just add two Pokemon to the meta, right? Just two. I want to see them add Walking Wake and Iron Leaves. Let's they just, go. They just recently uh, did a rerun of these raids, I'm pretty sure. They did. So, hey man, a lot more people have access to these Pokemon. I think we can, uh, I think we can toss them into the Worlds format and we can see Iron Leaves in Worlds. <laughs> yeah, I think that's... I. Listen, I would love that. I would love that. I even love the idea of like pro, uh, Paldean Prologue with those two added. Like just the, you know, Crydon Maridon plus those two. Because I do think there's synergy behind setting the sun and then having, what is it, the Hydro Steam that gets boosted yeah. off of the sun? You know, so there may be synergy in having a Crydon Terrad and then having that Hydro Steam to do even more damage in the sun. Also, you know, running potential mods like Torkoal. Uh, chlorophyll mons on the same team you get these really interesting weird team combos you know that like i'm getting ahead of myself here because i haven't really thought about anything like that or the matchups but like there there's definitely some synergies that i think the format could play out to be very interesting i definitely do want to see the dlc come out before i want to see current and become legal so <laughs> Do you think that, like, a, an introduction of Crydon Maridon is, like, a huge shakeup, or do you think that, like, the Pro Paldean Prologue was, like, a very quick... I don't think people had a lot of time to experiment in the format. Um, if that ends up being the format, do you think that there ends up being some a little bit more balanced than people think, that, the, that those two legendaries aren't as OP and strong as they're really made out to be, or are they really just that OP? Uh, they really are just that OP. Like, Crydon and Maridon make so many, like, like hyper offense like sweep you in like three turn strategies possible just because the addition of a playable electric terrain mon and a infinitely better sun mon yeah and both of them are like hyper offense machines like they have like base 135 speed i want to say yeah and then combined with like 150 offensive stats like like they sweep through teams they enable a lot of uh, really busted Pokemon, like Iron Bundle, Fluttermane, to just become that much better. Yeah, that's so true. And you don't rely on the booster, then you know you can start putting better items on the Mons and still and getting these boosts under the sun as well. You know, getting yeah. speed boost from the sun and then having a choice specs on. That sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, and especially Maridon, who's like a little bit more uncontended compared to Karidon. Because... There's, there's like, exactly one good terrain sitter in the game, and yeah. it's in TD. <laughs> Amoongus really dies. It's it's kind of funny, you know, like, we're, it's been such a strong Pokemon for so long, Sword and Shield, and then you see 
resurgence in Scarlet Violet's just been such a prevalent mod, but I think Maridon is really the just death of Amoongus. I think someone at Game Freak was like, well, we're interesting introducing this legendary that's just uh, going to bring the death of this mod. <laughs> I'm actually inclined to slightly disagree with that. Really? While, okay. Like, while Electric Terrain does shut down one of Amoongus's really good tools, they'll still have access to uh, Rage Powder plus Palm Puff. And okay, Rage okay. Powder into, into Maridon in particular, Maridon doesn't really have a lot to deal with that. That's very true, yeah. If you look at, like, kind of like the more standard Maridon that came out of Paladin Prologue, which was, like, the Terra Fairy set. Yeah, Terra Fairy, and what was it, like, Dazzling, Dazzling Gleam Spam? A Dazzling Gleam, like, Volt Switch, Draco. Yeah, that's true, I like, never even thought about that. Like, yeah, Draco Meteor's gonna hurt a lot going into Amoongus, but... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just start building them specially defensive these days. <laughs> yeah, true. You could just build a more specially defensive Moongus. But I, d I don't think Moradon is exactly the death of a Moongus just because that one has been through so much. <laughs> that, God, that's so true, yeah. I mean, a Moongus stayed around even with Incineroar existing, so what am I talking about? Uh, I, can't wait to, I can't wait to see all these Incineroars get absolutely bodied by Palafin Wave Crash. <laughs> Listen, it's going to be so funny because, like, the power struggle that's going to exist. There's it like, I just feel like this huge power struggle is going to exist when home comes out of these mods who are like really really good, but they have these incredible counters now. And I feel like that that that's what's going to be so fun about the meta when home drops is that there's going to be so many interesting strategies from you know Sword and Shield era, the Sun and Moon era. There's just all these Pokemon that are coming back, and they're going to have these really wild strategies that now are buffed because of Terra, but then there's mods like Palafin sitting around, you know? Like, what what happens if there's a Grass Terra Incineroar? Oh, God. it's <laughs> We're headed to fun times. I honestly can't wait for home. I think it's going to be one of the most interesting times in Pokemon when home drops. Oh, yeah, for sure. I hope they, uh, I hope they kind of segment like the home series. So, like, we'll get, like, only, like, the Historian Mons added, because there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of really scary Pokemon in Pokemon Home that I hope don't become active at the same time as the Historian Mons initially, because yeah. they kind of just invalidate a lot of the Historian Mons, like, like, Lander is T, Regieleki, Urshifu, uh, Glastrier, and Spectre, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see a lot of the Historian Mons. I hope they keep those restricted back. <laughs> Please, Game Freak, if you if you ever hear this, Game Freak, keep those restricteds for another year at least. Give us these cool and interesting formats. I think it's more enjoyable from the player. Keep those mons for at least a year. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Because <laughs> like you said, that some of them just straight invalidate the Hisuian mons and like the the mons that drop in the DLC. You know, I want to see some of them have life. You know, Met Metagross with Terra is very interesting. Uh, Whimsicott with Terra is, I don't even want to think about it, honestly, it's, a, the menacing um, days of Whimsicott are, you know, are, what, what's your thoughts on Whimsicott? Terra Dark. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> because you could just become uh, immune to other Whimsicotts, like Encores, Taunts. Oh, my gosh, I never even thought about that. Oh, so, that's a nightmare. I, yeah, because then you can't even be hard countered with another Whimsicott. And that was a I lot mean, of... You could, just, you could just start spamming Moonblast at that point, but just being impeached to their priority is pretty good. 
Yeah, that's true. It, well, I mean, think of Terra Fairy, too, just having that extra Terra Fairy stab on a Moonblast from Whimsicott. That alone, I mean, we have Flutter, so you don't really need another mom like that, but having that utility on someone who already has a lot of utility is very interesting. <laughs> I can't wait for you guys to experience my Lodic and Smeargle. I think that's going to be awesome. <laughs> well, I think Adrian's experienced my Lodic a little bit. He played... Uh, some of the older Pokemon games and BDSP, so he kn he knows a little bit about my loading. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's just I it's just I never played Sword and Shield. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't my kind of game. I tried playing it, but I only I only played the game to beat it, just so I could say I beat it, and then that was it. But I I, I didn't play any of the VGC side of Scar of uh, Sword and Shield. I mean, one of my favorite things to play in Sword and Shield VGC was actually my loading because you had access to Coil. And oh, Coil God. made moves like Hypnosis and Muddy Water more accurate. And then you get Recover, so you just have, like, a bulky, like, Milotic sitting on the field. You can't switch in, like, Intimidates or any stat-dropping moves, because if it's a ability competitive. So you can't really risk any stat-drops into it. And then it just, like, Coils and just spams Hypnosis and Muddy Water for, like, the entire match. It's so good. I had to play <laughs> Cybertron playing that Coil team, if I'm not wrong, in Sword and Shield. It was either Cybertron or another streamer but it was they played cool on me and i was so frustrated i was streaming one night top 100 in the world on sword and shield and had to play that team and i was getting so mad i almost rage quit on stream against them <laughs> do love my lovedic smirgle is yeah. also going to be back for the first time since uh sun and moon because we didn't get smirgle on sword and shield at all so I'm very, very excited to see how Smeargle's going to be playing. Hopefully yeah, Smeargle like... with Terra will be very interesting, too. Yeah, you can probably just run, like, Terra Ghost or Terra Dark on it to avoid Whimsicott. Yeah. And fake out. Then you could just get access to uh, Spore at that point. Oh, God. You get Spore on Smeargle, fake out. And you can probably just run, like, two of the utility moves. I don't know exactly what yet. We got a special segment here. We're coming in with a Roaring Chad segment. Snow Muse, what's your take on Roaring Chad. Roaring Chad is an absolute Chad. Have you ever taken a uh, booster energy attack uh, acrobatics from this thing? Um, I bet you ha haven't because you probably got one shot. That's right, guys. Roaring Chad, crazy mon, guys. Um, definitely isn't only viable on certain teams. No, don't worry about that. Just think about the terrifying acrobatics damage you do when you have plus one from dragon dance and booster energy guys just just think about that just think about the damage do not worry about arcanine arcanine is not real it cannot hurt you <laughs> if you're struggling from ptsd from uh roaring chad there is a hotline that you can call um 1-800 uh Vault club um give us a call if you're struggling i've been crying myself to sleep every night since knoxville after taking one of those acrobatics those acrobatics do hurt i had one of my friends he uh he actually died because he took an, uh, an acrobatics to the knee. Ooh. <laughs> My man's was never seen again. His knee was blown out. Completely evaporated from existence after that plus one acrobatics, man. It's like that dolphin was... meme with his knee, though. It was hit by the acrobatics. Roaring Moon comes in and hits it, and then the dolphin goes flying, and it's like, do, 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 do. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%, guys. The... the... Don't worry about the viability of Roaring Moon. Just click Acrobatics. Everything will be fine. <laughs> Heck yeah. Sam, thank you for being on the show this week. Um, next week's guest will be Brian Kim, also known as Abrin. Um, if you're a boy. V That is our boy. 
Um, if you're a VGC player and you're interested in being on the podcast, email us out at the Pokevolt Club at gmail.com. Sam, Snowmuse, thanks again. It was a delight. Anything you got to say to the crowd before you head out? Um, the only thing I can say is uh, shout-outs to all the moms out there. It is, in fact, Mother's Day, so I want to give a shout-outs to all the hardworking moms out there and the Pokemon community in particular. Smile. <laughs> Heck, yeah. You guys have a great night. Adrian, thank you for being on. Sam, thank you. Sir. Go. Yeah.